Hi everybody, this is Nancy Miller from My Creative Life and today I have Adam Strickland who is a fellow SCAD graduate student of animation here with me today. Hi Adam, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Well, Adam was so kind. Um, he, I met him through my art criticism course at SCAD online and we paired up for the peer review portion of it and you are so on top of everything. You're a really great partner to have, very um, dedicated and hardworking. Yeah, thank you. I like to think so. And it was a pleasure working with you too. Touche. Yeah. yeah, well, thank you. Can you tell us a little bit more about yourself for the audience who's listening? Sure. Um, as you just said, I am currently a graduate student at the Savannah College of Art and Design in Atlanta, pursuing my master's degree in animation. I graduated from SCAD in 2012 uh, with a bachelor's in animation. And since then, I've worked for a few different companies doing motion graphics, animation, and graphic design for uh, marketing. And uh, my first passion is uh, storytelling. I, I like coming up with stories and I like uh, coming up with stories for the animated medium. So uh, I want to ultimately work on animated movies and that's why I'm currently getting my master's degree in animation. So what kind of inspired you to go into an art field for a career? Like was there some kind of incident, a moment that triggered you to go, I want to do this full time? Well, uh, I've always been a very artistic person. Ever since I was little, I would spend hours and hours drawing. Um, I would be a very energetic kid. I would love running around. And uh, the one thing that could keep me still was working on my own art projects. And I always knew that whatever I chose to do with my life, it would have to be something artistic, something fun and creative. And uh, coming to SCAD helped me figure out that uh, animation is a perfect medium for me to utilize all of my creativity and I like stories, I like coming up with characters, I love art direction, uh, I love um, collaborating with other creative people to make my stories better than I could make them all by myself. So uh, SCAD was the catalyst for me moving into the uh, animation medium and pursuing that as my career. Oh, okay. So that leads into that next question about SCAD and why you got interested in studying that. Now, it's a big mm -hmm. commitment to go get your master's degree. So did you, like, what kind of, you know, you mentioned that the storytelling was part of your interest in getting mm -hmm. your master's degree. Um, why did you decide to come back to SCAD, um, just out of curiosity? Well, it's, uh, it was a process. Uh, when I graduated from SCAD in undergrad, I got my first job at a company where I was doing animation, graphic design, and marketing for uh, their advertising department. And I enjoyed coming up with little animated uh, commercials. Some of them uh, were stories, um, very short stories uh, of somebody using a product or service the company provided. and. Uh, the last company I worked for, I did graphic design for them and I did some motion graphics and animation. I worked on one or two projects where I got to tell a story that was um, a commercial, but it had personality, had uh, some nice animation in it. And um, uh, over the years, I had been applying to different companies. Um, uh, companies in Atlanta that are involved in television productions, 
uh, coming up with cartoons and uh, it's a very competitive industry. So I continued working on my portfolio ever since I was in SCAD and uh, now um, this particular year I was laid off due to COVID and uh, I was having a conversation with my mom one day and she said, well, Adam, you've been applying to different companies over these years since you finished uh, undergrad. And I know you enjoyed your job at this company, but since you've been laid off, uh, maybe you should consider taking another look at SCAD. Um, it's been several years since you've been in the program and uh, maybe they have some new classes and new uh, programs that you could be involved in that would actually speed up the process of making your work more competitive and making more connections to make it easier for you to get an even better job and finally break into the entertainment industry that you're interested in. And so, like any good adult child, I listened to my mom and uh, we both went at me, her, and my dad all went to uh, SCAD Day uh, earlier this year in February. This was uh, just a week or so, uh, maybe a few weeks before COVID really started hitting hard in, in, uh, in the United States. So it was perfect timing for me because I got to speak to faculty, learn more about the classes, um, learn about uh, the new opportunities that they have for me, networking and um, really improving my portfolio and making some good connections that could speed up my process for uh, breaking into the industry. And um, it, yeah, it is a sacrifice spending a few more years in school, but I spent most of this summer focusing on my 3D character animation and I feel like I've gotten to a professionally competitive level where I can actually start competing for certain jobs. Uh, and just making my stuff all that much stronger by having my work being reviewed by fellow classmates who are also professional uh, and professors at SCAD who give phenomenal feedback. It's just going to make me even stronger than I would be if I didn't uh, get the experience that I'm currently getting in the MFA program. And on top of that, I would like to finish a short film and it's not the easiest trying to find people to work with you on a short film when you don't have a lot of money. Uh, for a budget, but if you're in school, you can find other students who are looking for a fun project to work on that's good for their portfolio, good for your portfolio, and you have something that you can get feedback on in real time throughout the program. And when you graduate, if it's good, which I hope it is, I have a really good portfolio piece I can show to uh, companies I'm interested in and say, hey, I got a master's degree in animation. I've worked really hard. I've got a good portfolio. I've made great feedback, gotten great feedback on the stuff that I do. And uh, I'm ready to uh, compete for whatever jobs are available. That's awesome. Well, I mean, that, uh, your work ethic, I can tell just from art criticism, if you put that much effort into that class, I can only imagine what you do for an animation class. So I'm sure it'll be great. I would love to see how that personal project turns out. I always think um, personal projects, they are, it's kind of nice because you don't feel like it's just for yourself in a way, you know, it's not so like where when you do client work, obviously there's the client and their needs and their wants or the priority. So it's kind of nice when you have more creative freedom and you can kind of take different directions and try different things, maybe take more risks than you would if you were doing client-based work. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So I was wondering, so what is your favorite way to create your animation work? 
there are two ways of thinking. The one is the um, how I decide what I'm going to work on. Um, I think it's important, uh, especially the older you get, you have less time, the more responsibilities you have in life. So prioritizing what kind of goals you have in life, what kind of career goals do you have? Are you going to be seeking a storyboarding job in the near future? Are you going to be seeking an animation job in the near future? Okay, what kind of portfolio do you need in order to pursue those goals? Well, in your spare time, if you're wanting to improve your skills, uh, what skills would you think are the most important to focus on in the short term in order to improve your portfolio and skill set enough so that you can be qualified for the jobs that you're interested in. So I, I try to think very economically in regards to my time in what projects I want to work on. So um, uh, last year, I spent half of the ending half of the year uh, focusing in my spare time on improving my motion graphics skills. And at the beginning of this year, I had a motion graphics demo reel. And I presented that at the SCAD Career Fair and uh, the, I got some positive feedback and I had a couple of promising uh, job interviews, but COVID hit so that erased those opportunities. But what I learned was I had a competitive motion graphics portfolio because of the hours that I had spent concentrating on that skill set. And like I said before, this summer, I primarily focused on 3D character animation. So I really improved my uh, 3D animation skills to a much higher level than they were before. And actually a week ago, I got a portfolio review. Um, someone gave me feedback on my character animation and gave me a lot of great advice on how to do even better work than I was, that I already had. And I wouldn't be able to do that unless I really concentrated on my 3D animation during the summer. So in my case, um, focusing on what skills are going to help me get the next opportunity I'm most interested in, focus on doing projects in the meantime that are going to improve my skills to the level to qualify for that job sooner. And then the next job opportunity I'm interested in, uh, I focus on the skills for that right after. So prioritizing my projects based upon which one's gonna help me achieve the goals that I consider to be most important, second most important, or third most important. That's a good, that's a good mindset because I think you do, having goals is helpful so you feel like you have some direction on where you're going and, and I've done that too because I looked at my portfolio because really when you're in graduate school, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like there's not time to really, it'd been a while since I had done academic drawing. It's not something, I mean, I teach like graphic design animation with high school students, but it wasn't like I'd done real academic drawing in a long time. So it's kind of rusty. So I found some online courses and I took those and when I had spare time and I just kind of like, kind of boot camped some illustration and drawing because I knew that area I was weak in. And it does make a considerable amount of growth if you put in the work and the effort. And it's one of those things, it reminds me of like working out. Like nobody really wants to I mean, some people do, but I find it very like hard to motivate myself. Like I'm going to run a mile or even walk a mile or things like that. So it's kind of like that mindset. It's like a muscle. The more you mm -hmm. use it, the better you get at it. Like, um, you know, I, I now when I have people compliment me, like you've gotten so much better. I'm like, yes, that's the whole point. It's working. Yay. My, my work is showing improvement. And um, there's always going to be somebody who's better 
than my skill sets um, and they're going to be better at it. And it's just kind of competing with myself versus other people because everybody's kind of in a different direction and their interests are also very different. Like even mm -hmm. if they're an illustration major, they might want to do like editorial illustration and I'm not really interested in that, but I find it interesting, but not something I want to do for career wise. But, you know, I can always learn something from those other people. So, yeah, that's a great idea to have goals in place. Mm -hmm. And I was curious, do you have any um, animators that inspire your own work or artists that have inspired your, your personal work? Yes. Um, the artists who um, inspired me the most are directors. I love animated films and I uh, have great respect for the many amazing talented animators who make all kinds of incredible movies. Um, for me, the part of the filmmaking process that I am personally most passionate about is the directing, uh, the directing role. I like the idea of being in charge of the big picture, not just focusing on any one aspect, even animation. I like figuring out, okay, this is the story I want to tell. How do I get the animation? How do I get the storyboarding? How do I get the writing? How do I get the art direction, the modeling, the all of that to work together to tell the whole story? So the artists that inspired me the most are actually directors. Um, a few of my favorites, one is Don Bluth, made my favorite movie of all time, Land Before Time from 1988. Oh, that's a good also one. Also made, uh, that, that's a really good one. Yeah. I, I watched the sequel, directed video movies all the way up until I was in eighth grade because I loved them so much. Um, uh, he made Secret of Nim, mm -hmm. uh, All Dogs Go to Heaven, and American Tale. I also love Brad Bird. He's made The Incredibles. Uh, he, I believe he directed Ratatouille. Mm -hmm. And he also directed The Iron Giant, which oh, yeah. was a very, a very, unique specimen. It wasn't financially successful, but it's still a masterpiece in my opinion because of how strong the storytelling was. It's become a cult classic because of how much people love the film years later. And you, you didn't see a whole lot of 2D animated feature length films of that tackled both dark and light subject matter and also was a homage to campy sci-fi films from like the 60s or 70s. So, uh, him being able to switch between 3D and 2D, and he's even directed a Mission Impossible movie, a live action film, so uh, if I'm not mistaken. So that's a lot of amazing versatility in one director. And uh, Steven Spielberg, James Cameron, Quentin Tarantino, Martin Scorsese, live action or animated, I love people who can, who can be effective leaders of storytelling, who work with plenty of other talented people and use all of their skills and abilities to tell a cohesive story that anybody can watch and get what's going on. And those are the people who inspire me the most as an artist. Awesome. Yeah, they're, those are ones that I really enjoy. Don Bluth is a favorite animator that I always thought he's kind of a maverick going and leaving Disney and saying, I want to start my own animation studio. And then, you know, he failed at times financially. He probably wasn't the best business savvy person, but he had some amazing projects that are still classics. It, they, my family members who are much you know, younger, those movies have stood this test of time and they will watch them and it feels very classic, the story, and it's because it's so story driven, I think. When you have a really good story, no matter what generation it is, it calls to them and they go like, I can relate to that story, I can find 
something that makes me want to watch it. So yeah, so that's great. Yeah, I love all the ones that you mentioned. So if you had this over the top, like, you know, you could do whatever, you know, you get whatever you want after you finish SCAD, what would it be, Adam? What would be that end goal? So are we talking end goal of my career or are we talking the next after, step after grad? Yes, after you graduate and you're like with that big milestone. Okay, well, after I graduate, I would love to work for uh, an animated film company. Um, I'm a huge film buff. I am an animator and I want to tell animated stories. So working for uh, a a company full of talented storytellers who've been in the industry for a long time with all kinds of knowledge and experience that I could learn from. I feel it would be a phenomenal opportunity to advance my skills and knowledge to the next level. There's really no way to be one of the best unless you're learning directly from the best, in my opinion. Yeah, uh, I think I, that's the fastest way to improve your skills. I agree with that. I did an internship um, this past summer and I had been listening to some podcasts from other illustrators who were professionally working for a long period of time and they all recommend an intern with an illustrator who's doing what you want to do. And so I found an illustrator who he's, he won a Caldecott honor. And so I was like, I, after talking to him, because I took one of his workshops and I asked him, do you ever take interns? He was like, well, actually I do. And I was like, really? Would you want me as an intern? He was like, sure, why not? So let's try it out. And it was, it accelerated my learning so quickly because he not only is phenomenal at what he does as visual storytelling, but the business side of it. I feel like it's so hard. We're working so hard on technique in school. Like probably the business side of it gets a little bit, you know, it's, towards the end, you're just trying to finish. And so I feel like it's hard and it's also hard because um, unless you're actually doing the business side of it, it's hard to put it in practice. Mm -hmm. Like you can always hypothetically, we're doing this, but until you really get out there and do it. So um, watching him and seeing how he runs his business and he treats it like a business. I mean, it's the creative, um, but it's a business as well. And so I learned a huge amount from that. And I do agree. It's like, playing sports with somebody who's um, like, uh, like I used to play tennis and if you play against a better tennis player, you're gonna improve your skill set because you pick up things that they do. And I think one of the biggest things I learned is, so I worked as a graphic designer too back in the day and the workflow because they're so fast at it they, because you know, you've been doing it so long and you just don't even think about it and they've built in, um, quick workarounds and things that still produce great results, but at a much quicker time speed. So I always find that fascinating. It's always like watching magic. I go like, oh, that is so cool. How'd you, how'd you do that? You just, like that, would it take me like a week to do? You did that in like a day. Wow, you know, so. Um, anyways, oh, back to your strong work ethic and time management, you know, do you have any tips for anybody who is a creative, like, how do you do that? I mean, I think it's probably your personality. You're probably naturally a very, very um, detail-oriented, time management, hardworking person. But did you, do you have any tips that would help people where they're creatives or maybe they're art students and they're struggling in that area? Sure. Um, what you see now is Adam 2020. I became this person. I wasn't always this person. Um, my time management skills are skills that I developed over the past 
a few years uh, of learning more about my own work habits. Uh, uh, prior to coming to SCAD for my MFA, uh, after finishing my undergrad, uh, I actually went to Kennesaw State University uh, and got an MBA in business administration. And I uh, did that because uh, one of my career goals is actually to uh, go into business for myself. And in this competitive economy, um, if you're working for someone else, there's always a possibility that your job could be here one day and gone the next. And the same thing can happen if you're self-employed as well. But if you're self-employed, you get to make more decisions and have more freedom to organize your business or your freelancing uh, decisions. And on top of that, with more business experience, uh, connections, more knowledge, you can have more flexibility to adapt to a changing economy and have multiple streams of uh, streams of income. And what I learned from uh, being a KSU, sorry, was uh, better time management. I now use a weekly schedule for myself. I started doing that when I was at KSU. I uh, started off using Microsoft Word, and now I use Microsoft Excel. I keep track of how many hours a day each week I spend sleeping, how many hours I spend exercising during the week if I exercise, uh, how many hours I spend running errands, how many hours I spend working on the project during the week. And anybody who starts doing this, if it, whatever program works for you, but just keep a record of how you spend your time on a weekly basis. If you do this for like three weeks, you will see your habits. You will see how many hours you spend being productive. You'll see how, how often you sleep and how much you sleep affects your productivity the next day. You'll see how many hours you have that are not being used productively. And you will see a visual representation of where you can improve. So, um, uh, going into SCAD's MFA program, um, I remembered being in SCAD in undergrad, and I didn't do this. So it was very, uh, it was much more arduous experience during midterms or finals week where I feel like I'm getting progress done on something, and then all of a sudden I have three projects due in the same week as opposed to two, which has been the norm throughout the quarter up until that point. So things can creep up on you, life can happen if you're in a car accident or you get the flu on weekend and you're preparing to finish an assignment on time, but now you're behind because something happened. Um, now, if I keep track of things and I try to make sure I get things done early mm -hmm. and I'm keeping track of how much productivity I have every week, I'm able to see visually see when I'm falling behind or starting to fall behind and start uh, getting back on track. On top of that, I don't only keep a weekly calendar for myself now, but I keep a monthly calendar for myself as well. Um, at the beginning of the SCAD quarter, because we have so many assignments, I look at the syllabus for both of my classes. I look at all of the deadlines and I place every single deadline for every class assignment on that monthly calendar. So not only am I keeping track of how productive I am on a weekly basis with my weekly schedule, but I keep track of every deadline that I have on the monthly calendar so I can visually see how many assignments I have due every single week and I'm able to be able to monitor how much I've fallen behind or how ahead I am. And I try to get things done like a couple of days ahead of time. So if something happens, I have like 24 to 48 hours to compensate for that.
So I think this is a practice that I developed naturally from being at SCAD in undergrad, from being at Kennesaw State in uh, the MBA program, and um, remembering my experience at SCAD as an undergrad and how uh, demanding the time uh, the time constraints are, and applying all of that knowledge of my work habits and the expectation of deadlines at SCAD to my experience now at um, the MFA program and making sure I get things done on time. That's an excellent tip. I mean, like, such an excellent tip, especially for, um, I found that younger students, my high school students, really, it's, they struggle with time management because they don't realize, like, this is going to take um, so much time. And I think it's one of those things because you have experience, you've been tracking it, you know exactly, well, how much is going to take me to do character development or how long is it going to take me to storyboard? And then mm -hmm. you can like optimize um, where you might want to spend a little bit more time and get more creative or, you know, push and pull on that. I think that's an excellent tip for anybody who's working or freelancing that's great so i'm going to start doing that thank you for that suggestion i want to see how i'm spending my time um, with my workflow and then how i can optimize it um, because i did realize after interviewing a lot of other illustration students um, everybody's different their process is different but it was kind of interesting to hear like oh you spend this amount of time for this portion of your illustration whether it's thumbnail sketches or your line drawing or your values. And so depending on where people like to focus you, and you saw that in the end result of the work, you're like, oh, that person really loves color. And then I talked to them, I was like, oh, they spent this amount of time and kind of maybe sacrificed time in this area because, you know, they were sped up, but their color is phenomenal in their work. So that's a great, great tip, excellent. So, oh, and so how do you promote your work currently or in the past? How did you promote your work? Oh, you mean promoting my work to well, employers? Yes, employers or freelancing. Either well, um, I would I've been to uh, quite a few career fairs now. I also would look online at different jobs and uh, apply online on different websites. It's always better to be places in person. So I would sometimes try connecting with someone at a company that I'm interested in via LinkedIn. And if they connect with me, I ask them a few questions about what opportunities are coming up after reading up on the company and seeing that, seeing if they have certain jobs I'm interested in. And that's a great way of getting insider information about um, what opportunities may be coming up at places before those opportunities show up. When I was at KSU, um, I went to a career fair and I met a recruiter there for a, a huge company called Scientific Games. They do, you've heard of them? Yes, I have. Oh, you have? Mm -hmm. You're the first person I've met outside of the company who's actually heard of them. Really? I, th I think I've heard of them. Are they educational based? Are they education? If it's the one I'm thinking, they're, are they the edu an educational market? They're a lottery company. Oh, never mind then. <laughs> it's a different company because uh, as a teacher, there's a lot of these companies that create those learning platforms and we get like, you know, basically, you know, hear about their spiel and stuff. So I thought it was one of them. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint you, but no, they're uh, one of the world's largest lottery companies and they a design and print lottery tickets for numerous states across the U.S. and plenty of countries across the world. And 
I met a recruiter from the company um, at a Kennesaw State uh, career fair and spoke to him about a job opportunity I saw listed online. And um, I kept in contact with that person for quite a few months. And uh, they told me that there would be a, a possible internship opportunity the next year in another division of the company. And it hadn't been promoted yet to the public, but it was something that was still in talks and being considered. And eventually, as I kept in contact with this person, I got the internship. And when I finished um, uh, my MBA at Kansas State, uh, I was still interning there and they eventually hired me on full time prior to COVID hitting. So um, learning about op job opportunities, uh, it, it comes down to who you know and how you meet them. Speaking to people online, it's always best to meet people in person. If you're going to a career fair or if you're going to a workshop or if you're going to a uh, public event about an industry or a topic or a career path that you're interested in, meeting people in person, saying, hi, I'm a student, I do this, I'm interested in learning this, and I know that you do this, uh, I'd love to, uh, learn more from you. Would you be willing to connect with me on LinkedIn or could I email you? It, just being polite and asking people questions, you'd be surprised how many uh, very knowledgeable, experienced people are actually willing to uh, share content information with you and communicate with you, telling you what they know and even giving you feedback on your stuff. So uh, that was meeting people in person at career fairs and uh, events related to the things I'm interested in were some of the primary ways I made the most useful connections that helped me find my next job opportunities and promoting what I do and finding employment. That's awesome. Yeah, I um, do get approached by um, some of my high school students because they're, and they're so talented and, but they're so nervous about putting themselves out there because they're like, I'm not a professional. I'm still, in, you know, I'm just finishing high school. I want to do animation or I want to do illustration or I want to do graphic design. And I, I try to push them out and be like, you know, you, you just got to do it, you know, um, because I, I told them it's like, that's, you know, join associations. I said, there are different kinds of groups that are specific. Um, I forgot which one it is. Um, it's based in Atlanta, but it's for animation. And I did a teacher's membership there, but I said, as a student, you can join and you can connect with animators in this group of organization and i told them there's like a discord you could probably chat with some of the people who are working and they can kind of give you some tips because everybody i've talked to on this podcast they are so nice they are giving of their information their time and i think because we all realize how competitive it's a tough business it's like you know we're all trying to improve our craft we know what it feels like to be kind of like Oh, it's kind of struggling you know and trying to you know move ahead and so we have some empathy empathy for uh, each other so um yeah I, I try with my high school students like you know there are going to be times where people are going to maybe not be as friendly or they're maybe they're not going to provide you you know but just be polite and nice considerate of their time and that you're really an avid student and that you want to get better and that it's you know in that vein i think people are more willing to be like okay let me give you some of my time mm -hmm. it, it, people skills goes a long way and was the organization you were referring to, what that happened to have been, is see the South? Yes, I believe so. I believe it is. Well, what a coincidence. I'm a member of that organization now. Oh, nice. 
nice, nice. I did a teacher's membership for a little bit and I was like, I wish they did more in Savannah, but it's all primarily in Atlanta mm -hmm. uh, because uh, I looked into their program, which was kind of cool. They had like, we would send um, animators to different schools in the Atlanta area to talk about the profession. And I was like, that is amazing. That is fantastic for anybody who uh, is younger and doesn't know how to even start in that direction. Because I think um, I, I, there's so many different ways you can get into it. And that's what I've learned just from talking to people like you and um, Ryan Bird, who I had on previously. Um, and it's just, yeah, it's amazing. Like I bow my head down to animators because animators, man, that's a tough job. And so, um, yeah, they, they, you guys do so much and you're so versatile um, with your skill sets. Um, oh, my next question. So if you could go back into a time machine and give yourself some advice to your younger self, what would that be about your art journey and your art career? Well, um... First thing I would tell my younger self, especially myself from undergrad, would be to adopt the habits of keeping a weekly schedule and a monthly schedule. Uh, do that so that you see how much time you're spending productively, how much time you're wasting, and it'll enable you to stay on top of things so you don't have to do as many all-nighters, you won't have work pile up as much when uh, you have midterms and finals, because even if you're working hard, it's still easy for things to pile up if you're not really on top of your schedule. And, on top of the deadlines. I would also tell myself to be uh, more uh, proactive at networking. Um, you mentioned how plenty of people who, especially who are out of high school or uh, people who are fresh out of college for that matter, uh, are uh, not confident in their skills yet, knowing that there are people out there that they're not yet competitive enough to go against when competing for jobs and opportunities. Um, the people who get some of the very best opportunities are people who put themselves out there before they think they're ready. And you, I see networking as a long-term investment. Um, you have short-term investments and long-term investments. You meet people, not just for hoping you'll get a short-term benefit as in a job opportunity in the short term, but hoping that by maintaining contact with people who are working hard, people who know other people, people who are doing something productive, whether that's peers or people you meet at career fairs, maybe in the future, long-term, it'll lead to an even bigger opportunity than you had thought of because you had connected with them before you thought you were ready and you've shown them your portfolio maybe over a course of years. They see that you've improved over years, they have kept in contact with you, you've kept in contact with them so that you have a relationship and they remember you when you try contacting them about an opportunity you're interested in and that can pay off big in the future. So I would definitely told my younger self, um, uh, even if you don't feel you're good enough for these job opportunities, you can still make connections and capitalize on those connections later when you are ready for those opportunities. And I'd also tell my younger self not to be so impatient with getting results. Uh, you mentioned how, um, how you admire the way animators are able to complete uh, nice character animations and, uh, and entertaining projects that are very time consuming. Well, um, like anything in life that is a, a advanced skill, it requires requires a lot of time and commitment. Different people learn at different paces. Um, when I was, when I graduated from undergrad, my portfolio is not what it is now. Uh, it took me 
a few years of practice to get to the level that I'm at now. Um, and that's fine. Some people get to a professional competitive level for professional animated jobs within a matter of months. Some people do it in a year. Some people do it in a few years. Some people do it in several years. But not getting discouraged by how long it's taking you to get to someone else's level is important. The important thing is that you're focusing on what you what you are certain you want to do or trying to figure out what you want to do and you're taking active steps you're in you're as consistently as you can putting in the effort to improve and you're seeing improvement you're getting feedback so you can improve faster you can get better it might take you more time than you want to complete one project or the next project but everything you learn every mistake you make every trial and error every failed project you have is knowledge you can use to the next project to be faster to be more efficient to be better same thing with time management as well uh, just constantly practicing something so that you get good at it uh, i think one way to sum it up is everybody wants to be mozart but not everybody wants to Take piano lessons. Exactly. Exactly. I agree with that. You got to do the work. That's excellent. Now, my next one is I am taking my first animation class. I, I feel like such a faker because I've been teaching animation for three years. And I was like, I never took an animation class in, co in college at SCAD. And so I finally um, got the nerve. And next quarter, I'm taking um, an animation class. Um, and I am really scared because it is people like you of your caliber and, and I'm just like, wow, this is going to be nerve wracking. So do you have any advice for somebody who is just taking an animation class? Is it just the time management? I'm going to really have to keep focus on that or, you know, anything that helps out to create, um, uh, somewhat decent projects. I'm really nervous about it. Well, sure. Uh, well, first thing I would mention is no matter how good any person is, everybody started out somewhere. I mean, Leonardo da Vinci didn't paint Mona Lisa the first time he picked up a paintbrush. Um, some people may be more naturally gifted at a skill than others so that it takes them less time to advance, but everybody had to start somewhere. And uh, the people who are very good at what they do are good at what they do, not just because they have talent. It, they're good at what they do because they put in the time and the practice. So not letting your intimidation by how other people how good other people are at what they do prevent you from uh meet speaking with them and anyone whose work you really admire uh, connect with them meet uh, speak to them and get their feedback because anybody who's better at something than you are is someone you can learn from and um those are usually the people who can help you improve your skills the fastest professors and uh, advanced students alike um in regards to animation, uh, you mentioned that you're already looking at different resources, uh, I'm guessing tutorials and uh, podcasts for advice. Uh, have you heard of the two of probably the most famous books of animators? One is The Animator Survival Kit by Richard Williams. I have that one. Yeah, I bought it when I started teaching animation. Yep. Well, that's a must have. Do you have uh, the Vilpu Drawing Manual? Yeah, I just got that one. Yeah, I got it right here. Great. Yeah. Well, both I, of I those did. are fantastic. Yeah, and then um, the class I'm taking required this one, Drawn to Life, and then this one, Force, Dynamic Life. Yeah, I got that one too. Oh, is it good? Great. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Okay. Um, 
Ooh, it's just nerve wracking because it's just, it's just, yeah, it'll be interesting. We're supposed to get like three, um, I guess, projects done. And I just like, I just like, oh, I, I just, I don't know. It just, it's intimidating because I'm not even sure necessarily where to start. So um, I, uh, yeah, I will be checking out there if they have uh, tutors <laughs> for animation, <laughs> things like that. I'll, I'll look into that and um, also help sessions with the professor. I'll utilize those. I'm definitely make sure mm -hmm. I put all those and stuff. So, but thank you so much for your tips on this. And um, my mm -hmm. next question is kind of one of those deeper questions at the end of your life. You've created all the animations and stories you've wanted to tell and there could be nothing left but three final truths that you could leave behind, what would they be? Okay, well, one of them would be, success is not a lottery, it is a marathon. The idea that you have some people who all of a sudden overnight become successful, in my opinion, is a myth. You have people who can receive an opportunity overnight that can lead to further opportunities that enable them to maintain success. But in order to be able to capitalize on that, you had to have put in a lot of preparation and practice to be able to use that opportunity that gave you. So there is no overnight success. Success is not a lottery. It's a marathon that you have to train and prepare for. That would be one of the truths. Uh, Another truth would be how you prioritize your time is a reflection of your life's priorities. Life is short and we all have a limited period of time. The younger you are, the more time it seems that you have and the older you get, the less time it seems that you have. And what you choose to do with your time is what you choose to do with your life. How much effort you put into keeping track of what you do with your time is how much effort you put into keeping track of your life, how much, effort you put into keeping track of the progress or lack of progress you're making or not making toward the goals that you think are important to you. So holding yourself responsible for how you use your time and uh, pursuing the things in life that you care about is that all of that is up to you. And the third truth would be uh, a quote from a, a classic movie from 1975 that my mother loves called Mahogany starring Dana Ross and there's a quote in that film that I think is one of the greatest quotes in film history success is nothing without someone you love to share it with and I think that applies to friends and family alike you could have all the money in the world you could have all the professional respect and artistic success or whatever uh, profession you're in but at the end of the day, if you don't have anybody who cares about you and that you care about in your life who you can interact with, then you're still just going to be a lonely person with a lot of money and a lot of fame and attention, but no meaningful relationships that can that give you a a real sense of personal interpersonal fulfillment. And I think in a capitalistic uh, highly competitive society like the one we live in, it's easy to lose sight of that, especially when you have uh, an economic downturn and everyone's scrambling to make ends meet. It's easy to lose sight of the things that are really important, so just friends and family. So those would be my th uh, three truths. Well, those are excellent truths. And um, 
I have really enjoyed speaking to you, Adam. I was like, um, you know, because the class that we took together, it's so art history focused. There wasn't as much of the time to interact and you were a really fascinating person to speak to. Um, your work is, is amazing. I loved looking at your demo reel. I was like the one time we kind of got to like talk about our work and, and outside of the class. And so, um, yeah, I, I know you're going to be highly successful in whatever direction you decide to go with. If it's making the movies and animation with your storytelling um, and bringing people together in that aspect, I, I think you'll be really successful. And I, I do hope that uh, you'll we'll keep in touch and that I can hear about these projects that you're working on. I know that um, I'm taking a break from teaching, but I want to go back to it um, after I finish my MFA. And I would love to share with my students like you know your work other people i've interviewed like it, we all start somewhere and like the advice that you give i think it's very helpful and i think these are things that sometimes when we're younger we don't hear them as often we're just focused on those end goals and um it's life experience that helps teach you like these are the important things and this is how you can get there so but thank you oh and where can people see your work so they can see the demo reel that i mentioned and things like that sure they can go to my website adamstricklandart.com great i'll put it in the description box and uh thank you again adam and everybody thank you for listening to my creative life thank you very much for having me it's been a pleasure speaking to you and you're an equally talented person and it was also a pleasure working with you on the peer project in class and i look forward to keeping contact with you and also seeing the stuff you do as well thanks adam